Welcome to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast, where we feature physicians who are redefining the practice of medicine and changing the experience we have as doctors in medicine. We all know the system is broken, but we've decided not to complain about it anymore. We're out to fix it. I'm Dr. Una, your host. I'm a pediatrician and serial entrepreneur, but my passion is helping physicians create the freedom to live life and practice medicine on their terms. This is not just a podcast, it's a movement, a movement of change, and I invite you to be a part of it. Let's jump right in. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. And today I'm super excited because I have the amazing Dr. Amanda Christian here, and she is a practicing OBGYN. She's a co-founder of Money Over Milkshake, and she helps doctors figure out personal finance, which I think is so amazing because we don't get any of that education. So we're going to talk all about that. And I want you to lean in. You're going to get a lot out of this. She is also the co-author of a book, which we're going to talk about as well along the same lines. And this is going to be really good. So welcome to the show, Doc. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited and honored to be here. I'm excited and honored too, just like you. So my first question would be, you're practicing OBGYN and now you are helping doctors figure out finances. So how did that happen? So I guess it wasn't just one specific event. I think like most of your guests that you've had on the show that are doing really amazing things in addition to their medical career, it happened over a course of 20 years of really us being frustrated and spending a lot of time doing this on the side and making mistakes and really uh, realizing that there was a lot that could be done better and more efficient in this specific realm. So I didn't come from money. I'm the first one in my family to graduate high school. And I was very good at budgeting and pinching pennies. And I thought, you know, I've got this. I can make a budget. I'm going to save, 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 and I'm going to do this right. And when I was leaving medical school into residency and knew that I was going to be making money again for the first time in four years, I thought this would be a great time for us to sit down with a a financial planner and get some real good advice about how we can make good decisions and set ourselves up for success. And so my husband scheduled like five or six visits with these guys. And once they saw we had 300 bucks in a savings account and a combined annual income of under six figures, they laughed in our face. They wanted nothing to do with us. It was disappointing. And so then we kind of realized, well, we're going to have to do this first part by ourselves. And so that's kind of where this started. And, you know, the pandemic happened and my husband left his corporate job. And we founded this organization, Money Over Milkshakes, which is supposed to be a casual way to talk about finance. And we decided the first big thing we were going to do was write this book. First of all, first one in your your family to graduate high school, that's pretty impressive, right? Because you're, you know, turn the family tree like right side up in a way, You, you know what I mean? And that that's really cool. Now you talked about mistakes. So what kind of financial mistakes did you make? And what kind of financial mistakes do doctors commonly make in, in your experience? There's two big ones that I wish if we could turn back time, these would be things we would definitely not do again. One of them is thinking that your student loans are something that you're going to deal with in the future when you're making the big grown-up doctor bucks and that you're just going to let that stuff ride and deal with it later. And you know, we, we were told... I, 
I remember in medical school uh, having these big meetings and being told you should ask your family to help you pay down your principal or pay off some interest before it compounds. And that could be your graduation gift. And I thought, well, that's really great if, if you have family with money. But some of us are, we weren't getting anything. You know, we were just going to residency. And then in residency, I was told you should make payments on your student loans. But we had a set of twins my kids, James and Sydney, and our total income made our monthly payment almost $1,000 a month, which we couldn't make work financially on my salary. So we just put it off. And the truth is, I think when we look at repaying student loans, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of repayment plans. Should you consolidate? Should you refinance? There's this amazing thing called the Public Service Loan Forgiveness, the PSLF. And one of the things I think we should really consider when we think about student loans is where do we see ourselves when we're in private practice? Is there a chance you could work for a nonprofit? And that doesn't mean that you have to not make money. It just means that your hospital group, your clinic group that you work for qualifies for student loan forgiveness. And that means that you make 120 qualifying payments and then the remainder of your loan is forgiven. And so when you're making payments in residency, you're looking most of the time at a couple hundred dollars a month versus making those payments in private practice and you're looking closer to $3,000 a month. So making payments in residency is helpful. And I think we couldn't do it, but if if we would have realized the savings, we could have filed our taxes in a different way and sure up paper probably with more effort in a way we could have made that work. It would have been, it would have saved us a lot of money. And the second thing I think is important is our retirement accounts. We get these when we have regular jobs, maybe before we went to medical school, we get these in residency and we get these in private practice. And the one thing that you should do, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast right now is look at the fees that you're paying on your retirement account. And even if your employer picks a company for you and you're automatically placed into a a category in these retirement accounts, you can still go in and you have options with fees and reducing your fees by half a percent over the life of this account can save you about $200,000, which is a lot of money. Yeah. We work hard for that money and we don't want to give it away in fees. Wow. So the student loan for sure you know, looking at the payments for that differently. And I guess if you have the awareness of it, you could make whatever you need to work work, right? And then looking at those fees on those retirement accounts. I mean, I think that's pretty cool because when I was in residency, I have no recollection of whether that was (laughs) retirement, anything at all. Like it's so funny when I think about it, but yeah. So what you do is so important because, you know, it would have saved people like (laughs) people like me. Now let's talk about attendings a little bit. So let's say we're out of med school, we're out of residency and someone just starts getting that first attending check and they came to you and they could only spend five minutes with you. And they're like, you know, what are some of the things I should make sure I do with this new revenue that I have? What would you tell them? When we start and we're going into debt and we're a quarter of a million dollars in debt, all we're really looking at is this is an investment in our future. And I know I'm going to be making a lot of money when this is all done. But the one of the other big mistakes that we sometimes do or forget to really think about is you got to plan for what you're going to do with all this money. You have to have a goal and really step back and think about what's important to you, not just what you want to buy with the money, but what is all this sacrifice? all this hard work. What is it that's going to make this all worthwhile? The time spent away with family, cramming in 50 patients into a day, staying up all night, take all. Is it to buy a nice, big, fancy car or a big, fancy house or 
Do I want to be able to travel? And make sure you have a plan. And then the next step is just to budget and to budget to achieve that goal. And some people think, you know, I don't need to do that. I just, I'm just going to take my money. I'm going to enjoy it. And this is, it's all about enjoying it. That's why, why make the money if you can't enjoy it. But I'll tell you what happens is you just wind up buying a bunch of stuff and none of it means anything to you. And you work your butt off and you have a, a house full of Amazon boxes and things you don't really make you happy. So I would tell you before you spend that grown up doctor money, your attending salary, think about what you really want to do with it. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast is sponsored by the EntreMD Business School. We didn't get any business education during our medical training, and this school fixes that. It is the only school of its kind that helps physicians become thriving entrepreneurs who make money, have impact, and have time for the things that matter. You will get the coaching, accountability, and community you need to be successful. To find out more and to save your spot, go to EntreMDBusinessSchool.com. And now for the rest of the episode. So defining, because what I hear from you is not a budget that necessarily means it's so restrict. Because sometimes we hear budget is like, I just want to spend my money, right? But what you're describing is kind of like decide in advance, you know, same thing we would do if we're building a house. You have to get a plan. You have to get an architect to get you a plan on paper first, right? So you're defining like, this is my why. This is what I want to do with this new phase of my life. And then you have a budget and you're like, this is where I want the money to go. So it can still be vacation. It can still be some things, but it's budgeted, (laughs) right? Like you're defining where it goes because you can't freelance that, it doesn't seem. <laughs> right. And we know that, like you said, this the big why. I mean, we, we know that your doctor's salary is not going to get you financial freedom. And you can make a half a million dollars a year and still live paycheck to paycheck with nothing to show for it at the end. And that's not why we did all this and went through medical school and, and survived residency. We did this so we could have a little more freedom and say what happens with our money and to our money and, and how we spend our free time. Love it. Well, there you go. And isn't that a thought? I didn't think of this before I became an attending, but to make half a million and still live paycheck to paycheck, quite a thought. And that's what makes what you do so important because it's not, you should increase your earning power, but if you don't have the back end figured out, you can increase your earning power and still blow it away. So tell me a little more about the book that you wrote. What is it called? I understand you wrote it with your husband. And, you know, I know you've already done your soft launch at the time of this recording. So this is exciting. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, we're very excited. And um, this is called The Physician's Guide to Finance. It is a beautiful book. We wanted something that you would want to pick up at the end of four days of 24-hour call and curl up next to this book. The writing style is very engaging. It's easy to read. You know, there are a few finance books out there. There are a few just specifically for physicians. I think ours is a little bit unique because it, number one, it follows you from high school, from applying to college, maybe getting a job in high school that will help provide scholarships for you in college, applying to medical school, the fees associated with all of that and residency, student loans. We talk about 
how to pick your specialty. We talk about how to negotiate your salary when it's time to get an attending job, all the way to estate planning and saving for your kid's college. So there's there's a part in this book for everybody. And really, you, you can start it wherever you want. You know, one of the other things that I think we're very proud of that uh, is part of our mission statement is we don't accept any corporate sponsors or we don't take payments or services or or products or affiliations with any financial services companies out there. So all of the information that we provide is we consider to be unbiased. It's just based on our research and and what we found and what we've learned and not at all tied to any kind of affiliates and no conflicts of interest with the information that we're giving out. That is beautiful. That is really good. And and I like that it has something for the different, you know, because sometimes you're like, well, then what about the residents? What are the medical students? And what are the attendees? And you kind of got them all in one book. So you're like, it's a buffet. Pick your part and and read that. (laughs) I love it. We've had it. We've read a couple of these other books and they're really good. They do provide a lot of information, but I have a problem. You know, we don't have a lot of free time. And I mean, you, I don't know how you have any free time. You are (laughs) very busy woman. But if you read this book and and you put it away and go to sleep afterwards and don't feel like you've been able to accomplish anything, that's then we haven't achieved our goal. So at the end of every chapter, there's this nice little summary with easy little check boxes, and you can go through and do a couple things on your phone right after you finish that chapter and feel like you're making a dent in uh, in this whole personal finance realm. That's great. So that means you wrote it for the physician, right? Like you wrote it for the person in the physician space, whether they're still in med school or their attendings, because yeah, you know, time is limited. That's really cool. Where do people find the book? So our company, Money Over Milkshakes, are on our website, you can purchase the electronic copy of the book, or you can purchase the paperback. You can also find the, the book on Amazon and on Apple Books. I think the ebook is nice. I'm an ebook kind of person. I like to have my electronic copies with me all the time, but I think this is a book that reads better as a paperback. I like to, I want to hold it. I want to write in the margins. I want to check the boxes. And as we were writing this, I mean, that was one of the reasons we spent so much time is we would really, we'd stop and go back to our finances and look at things again and say, did, have we done everything? I and mean, we're telling these people to do this stuff. Have we done this stuff yet? We need to stop and make sure we're all up to date with this too. So, okay. So this is great. So I'll tell you something that I do with books and that is that I read authors, not titles. That's something I learned, you know, grateful. I learned it when I was, you know, much younger. And what that means is I read books by practitioners. I read books by people who have done it, who have gotten results from it. I don't just pick up titles, right? Because anybody, I mean, someone can say how to build a seven figure business and they've only made $250 and 14 cents in their business. Right. And I'm like, great title, but I'm not reading it. Right. So to hear that you're writing it and you're like, I am a responsible author. I am an authentic author. So if I'm going to write this, well, maybe I did it 10 years ago, but is it up to date? I'm going to stop and I'm going to put things back in order and then come write. That right there is evidence that that's a book to read. That's really good. Good stuff. And so the website is moneyovermilkshake.com. Is that what it is? Yes. Moneyovermilkshakes.com. Dot com. Okay. All right. Milkshakes with an S. All right. Now on this podcast, I always tell doctors to share 
to share, share, share. And the reason for that is, you know, I hear a lot about people feeling stuck, feeling burned out, um, loss of autonomy, you know, all these things going on with physicians. And I'm like, listen, there's a million of us and there's strength in numbers. If we don't like the experience we're having, we can change it. If we don't like the system, we can change it. We can create our own alternative reality. And so my question to you is, what would you tell a doctor listening now? Like, this is the reason why you must share this particular podcast episode with all the doctors in your life. You know, every, I listened, I've been listening to your podcast and I've been sharing some of these episodes and there's usually a point in each one where I have to pause it and I have to just let it sink in. And I have to tell myself, you have to remember this because this is going to be, this is really important for you. Maybe not right now, but maybe tomorrow, you need to tell yourself these things over and over again so you can remember this. And I would hope that your listeners would share this podcast because they can save their friends and colleagues some money. And there may have been something that I said that could potentially save someone $100,000. And you should share it for that reason. I love it. It may save someone $100,000. In fact, with your student loan example, it may save them $200,000, right? This is a multiple (laughs) six-figure episode. Yes. (laughs) Right? So you should share it. I love that. I really love that. So, you know, I want to say this to you. Thank you for doing your part to say, I'm going to figure this personal finance thing out. And thank you for taking the steps because I know what it's like to write a book or to come on podcasts or to start a business. There's so many challenges with it. And as physicians, we don't really need to do all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like you'll be fine if you didn't, but for you to see that as a mission and to embrace it and embrace all the challenges, I want to say thank you for doing that. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being vulnerable enough to share mistakes that you made, experiences that you had, because there's so many doctors who are about to make those mistakes or have had those experiences and felt like, well, I can't move forward because of it. But your example is evidence that no, I mean, like we can come out of this and and we can change it. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, people, you heard her. So go share the episode, go get the book moneyovermilkshakes.com. And, you know, for a medical student out there, resident, my goodness, get them a copy, right? Like I, the things I'm learning now, I'm like, if I knew these things in med school or residency, oh my goodness. So go pay it forward, go share it with somebody else, you know, get them some copies and, you know, take those bold steps to decide I'm going to figure this personal finance thing out. I'm going to create financial freedom for myself. I'm going to create time freedom for myself because I deserve it. Okay. So thank you again for listening, share the episode, and I will see you, my friends, on the next episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now, this is too good for you to keep to yourself. So I want you to do three things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Number two, share this episode with all the doctors in your life. Number three, share it on social media. Until next time, remember, you are a huge part of a movement changing medicine, one podcast episode at a time.